Uh, so glad to be back, and I uh, do uh, appreciate uh, being away last week in the sense of being with my family. We had a great time up north. Uh, the weather was fantastic uh, for being in round, falling in, being in, soaking wet in the water, and we definitely ate too much, but that's part of family vacation on occasion, and it was a wonderful time. Um, and when we went up, we were hoping... For good weather, though, Thursday, when we looked at the weather forecast, it said Sunday rain, thunderstorms, and Monday rain, thunderstorms. So it was kind of like, boo-hoo, we're going to stay in the cottage. I mean, it's not that bad, but you have to stay inside the whole time. That's what we were thinking. And then Saturday morning, we got up, we're getting ready to go, and they said, well, not as much rain now on Sunday. It's like, oh, well, maybe we can get out and things of that nature, and then... Boom! There was no rain. It rained, it rained at night. We didn't know what was going on. We were fast, fast asleep. Uh, you don't sleep like you sleep at a cottage after being all day outside and running around the water and things. It was We sound asleep, never heard the rain. Now, that, that was a hope, right? We hope. I had no control over the rain. Right? Nobody does. Uh, it's, it's the Lord who allows it to rain and things. It was not me. Uh, I have no, no, nothing I can do about that. So when we went, we were hoping. So the word hope is defined as the feeling that what is needed or wanted can be had or the events will turn out to the best. That, you know, that's the idea of hope in the terminology we so often use. And that's exactly what we did. We went last week, Saturday, when we drove up, we hoped we hope for the best. We, we, we had thoughts of what was needed to happen for it to be the best event. And praise the Lord, we got that marvelous weather. Our hope was realized. All right? Hope is a powerful thing. Don't you agree? Hope is a powerful thing. Uh, I mean, it, it is so uh, incredibly strong in people's heart. If there is a hope, they continue going. I've read about a study I don't know how these researchers come up with these things, but uh, a bunch of researchers just determine or try to experiment the effect of hope has on animals. Now, it must have been a slow week at the research facility to think about that, but they did it. Uh, so what they did is they got two tubes uh, full of water, or pretty much full of water, and they put a, their laboratory rats in both tubes. And they said, let's put two in. And one they put in and uh, just left them there. And the other one, they determined every so often we would put our hands up underneath that rat. That sounds disgusting. But anyway, uh, put their hand up under that rat and just bring them up out of the water for a couple seconds and put them back down. And just see how long they last. And the first ones with no assistance, no little pickup, drowned within an hour. The other ones who would occasionally get that just... They were never taken right out of the water. It was never an idea that you escaped water. But just to lift up, they lasted for 24 hours. Because they had some degree of maybe I can get out. I have experienced some experience. I mean, I don't think the rat would think, oh, I have hope. Right? Rats don't think that way. Uh, but there was a thought process or something going on in the rat's mind that, oh, maybe I can be rescued. I felt some effect. So the idea of hope, the power of hope, cannot be underestimated. It cannot be. When hope fails, people give up. Uh, I've uh, been involved in ministry long enough to visit people in hospitals and things, and when they find out there's no hope for the, whatever it is, like there's no 
no cure, no treatment. And you can almost see the light switch flick off like there's no hope. And so quickly they pass. I've seen it happen. Hope is a powerful thing. Anyone looking at the death of Lazarus now in John chapter 11 will conclude he's dead, right? It says he's dead. There's no hope. Yet in the face of absolute hopeless situation, the Lord Jesus demonstrates the power he has to transform even the most hopeless of situations into a time of blessing, into a time of demonstrating once again, I am God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time you've given to us. And Lord, I pray as we look at this portion of Scripture, that we'll be encouraged, even with the difficulties that we might face, that there is hope, and the hope is always found in you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I read for you uh, verses 1 to 15 at the very beginning of the service, and it laid out how Mary and Martha had called for Jesus to come because their brother Lazarus was sick, nigh unto death at that time. He does die, uh, and it's an overwhelming problem. Uh, maybe today, you are, are seated, seated here or watching online, you're facing a problem in your mind that is hopeless. I think there's some great parallels that we'll find here for you. So first of all is the problem of sickness, all right? So he's sick in verse number two. Uh, that means Lazarus was weak. He was diseased. Uh, he was lacking in strength. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, were concerned about their brother, so they sent word to Jesus about Lazarus, who Lord and Lazarus had a great relationship. Uh, but we see some things about that. We see his compassion. They believed that he cared about their family. I mean, I wouldn't, they wouldn't send word to someone who didn't care, right? And you just don't do that. Why would I tell someone who doesn't care? Uh, you know, that, that's like casting your pearls before the swine. We don't care. We'll just trample all over that. They, they reached out to Jesus because he cared. And because he cared, they concluded rightfully that he would do something to aid, something to help them. And, and we see as well as that they recognized who he was. Down in verse number 27 of John chapter 11, it says, And she said unto him, Hey, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God which shall come into the world. She recognized she, he was the Son of God. These sisters uh, had, I would think, seen the Lord heal someone in the past, and they understood he wasn't just anybody ordinary. I mean, he was, he is, in this context right there, the Son of God, and he still is the Son of God. The request made by Mary and Martha speaks to us as well. Their request reminds us that Jesus Christ should be the first resort for us when we face trouble, when we face uncertainty, when we face that burden, and when difficulties arise in life, and they do, no one escapes that. When they do, we can turn to Him just like Mary and Martha did so many years ago. And when we do turn to Him in faith, we understand that He is able to do anything. He, in Matthew 21, 22 and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now, that's not a uh, blanket check for you to start playing for that Lamborghini that you so desperately want. All right, Where This is reference to actually praying in God's will and having faith that God can. That's what it's reference to. 
So we see the problem of sickness, and then there was delays. In verses 4 to 10, we find out that Jesus finds out about it, and we see that he loves them, uh, but he bowed. Still two more days in the place that he was in. And this is a bit surprising when you first read it. Why wouldn't he go? He's not that far. Uh, they, they think it was about five miles from where Jesus was to where Lazarus was. Um, that's not that far. I really started to pick up on my walking, and I'm starting to use apps on my phone, so when I start my walk, uh, and so every five minutes tells me how far I walk and things. And uh, The idea is to just keep me motivated to keep walking. So, uh, you know, I can walk almost three miles in an hour, you know, if I'm staying on it. So there's no problem to walk five miles in one day, would it? I mean, one morning you could do five miles, especially in that time period uh, when that's how they got around was by walking. Uh, so it's not that far. And he tells the disciples in verse 4 that, you know, under circumstances, uh, usual circumstances, he would recover. But there are some great things yet to unfold. Lazarus would die. And that's what would happen in verses 11, 14 is recorded for us. Could Jesus have healed Lazarus? Absolutely. He could have healed Lazarus with a word. Where, what, where he was in Bethany, he could have just spoken the word and Lazarus could be healed. And we see that evidence in other portions of scriptures, I think particularly about the centurion who sent his servant to Jesus and said, uh, my servant is sick, or the, my centurion's servant is sick, uh, uh, can you please heal him? And he was starting to come, he said, no, no, stay, type of thing. Uh, actually, the centurion went. Uh, but at any rate, the Lord spoke and he was healed, right? I mean, that's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he could have spoken the word, but he didn't. So the idea here that Lazarus dying was a part of God's plan to bring great glory to him. Regardless, there could have been other reasons you could put in there and uh, say, well, maybe it was for this purpose or maybe it was for this purpose. Regardless which way you want to think about that, Mary and Martha were forced to watch their brother die. They felt pain. They felt heartbreak and sorrow. They loved their brother. And they did everything in their power to bring him relief, did they not? Uh, I mean, just asking for Jesus was an indication that we, this is the best source for relief for our brother. Let's go get him. That happens to us sometimes too, doesn't it? I don't know if I'm referring to someone passing, but that does happen too. You bring your problem to the Lord and you lay it out there. And you don't even hear crickets. It's dead silence. Nothing's happening. You call on him expecting the Lord to answer your prayer, meet your need, <coughs> and nothing happens in return. You do believe, you do have faith. And sometimes you're in this prayer, you're in this place, this problem, and it actually gets worse. And you're like, what is happening? The situation turns to despair and, and desperate, and, and you needed an answer yesterday, and you're praying today, and you don't get an answer tomorrow. We need to remember in those times of silence that the Lord's still at work. And we don't get to see everything from the mountaintop to see what the Lord is doing. We just don't see it. Uh, I, I'm 
a couple years ago, me and my wife, we went to Holland and we went to um, the house of Corey Tim Boone and where their family hid Jews and things. And um, I think my wife picked up a postcard and on the uh, was the embroidery, I think it was. Uh, on the backside of embroidery is not very nice, is it? If you've done an embroidering, I have not. I just saw the postcard, okay? Uh, it's all all these different colors. It looks like a horrible mess, but when you turn over on the other side, it was beautiful. So what we see is this right here, right? We don't see the full picture of the other side. And the reality is God is working it out. Uh, in those moments of crisis, God is working it out for His glory. Not for our convenience. Sometimes I, I think we... Uh, get our mindset so much like the world's. In the, it's all about my convenience. It's about my needs. Reality is, it's about God's glory. That's what it's about. And uh, he knew the pain. The Lord knew about the pain these, these sisters were under. He knew about the pressure. God knows about your situation. He knows about the pressure that you're feeling. He knows about the pain you're feeling. He knows about those burdens you have. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. The Lord sees everything. All things are under his purview. Our duty, and it's hard sometimes. I'm not uh, uh, dissuading from that, saying it's easy. Sometimes it's hard to learn just to trust him, even when we can't figure it out. Even when we're left scratching our heads. Uh, even when we're left with that big question mark over our heads like we see in the cartoons. We don't know why. Uh, the Lord knows. He knows the outcome of the crisis. He knows uh, what will take place. Our duty is to walk with Him. That's our duty. To do right. Have faith. Trust in Him at all times. Psalm 62 verse 8. Verse 21 of this portion, uh, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, well, God will give it thee. They're coming to the Lord, and they're desperate. These pleas uh, had not, their, their prayers, their pleads had been unanswered. Uh, they were both defeated. They were discouraged. And when they come face to face to the Lord, uh, they, they bring to the Lord, Lord, if that been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I don't believe that this was anything but a heart that is broken. This is not a mean-spirited type of thing. I mean, it's, it's, I've never lost a brother, so I do not know exactly how this sister is feeling, but I understand the principle of loss. I felt that. I understand that. And so I think all of us have a little an understanding of how much this hurts her, Martha and Mary. It's discouraging. It's upset. And many believers, this is where we lose the battle right here. We, we, we have that discouragement. We get upset. We didn't see the Lord uh, answer as we had pleaded. And it, you think in your own mind, this is definitely God's will. And I'm praying that way. And we get mad at God because God does not answer. And then we get on the outs with God. Well, you didn't answer me, so why should I talk to you anymore? Aren't you glad? I'm so glad that my parents didn't do that philosophy on me as a child. 
Because I guarantee you, I said some bad things, did some bad things growing up. And I'm so glad my parents are like, well, I'm done with you. No, they, they showed me more love and they showed, showed me the errors of my ways. And they get mad at God, so many Christians do, and then they quit on them. Then they quit. Hey, they give up on God when they're so close to seeing God's greatest blessings. It's always too soon to quit. Write that down. It's always too soon to quit. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. You don't know, so don't quit on God. Keep going for Him. It's always too soon to quit. His greatest blessings. Maybe that miracle you're praying for is just around the next bend of the road, but you quit back here. You said, I'm done. No, keep going. It's too soon to quit. It's too soon to quit. Extraordinary promises. When Jesus arrives in Bethany, he comes uh, from Bethany, coming to them. Uh, he, he's seen on the scene. It's utter despair. The community's upset. Uh, there's, there's wailing in the streets. Verse uh, 23, uh, you know, they, uh, the Lord says, uh, Thy brother shall rise again. He finds these ladies in total hopelessness and he brings words of encouragement and hope. Verse 25, And Jesus saying, I am the great resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Martha meets Jesus and tells her that her brother will rise again. And Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. And Jesus tells her that he's, he's the resurrection and that relationship with him is so important. Listen, we don't get to enjoy the resurrection of Jesus Christ if we don't accept Christ as Savior. We need to know Christ as Savior to enjoy the amazing benefits of the resurrection. Now, hey, no one escapes death. We, I, mean, I just mentioned it this morning about Ian passing. No one escapes that. I, as I said earlier, I spent hours with him in his apartment, and we both talked, and he's the, he, he, I don't know how many times, he's, Pastor, I, I hope I don't taste death, I hope I go in the rapture. That's my desire, that's my prayer. Well, the Lord didn't answer his prayer by the rapture, but he did answer his prayer that he's in heaven, amen? He's with the Lord forever. It, it, that's never going to change. And, and that prayer was answered when he, he accepted Christ as Savior as an immigrant from Scotland. He came to Brampton and someone from Ramley Baptist witnessed to him and his wife and he got saved. I mean, it's just that prayer of accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, that, that part of it is what he experienced, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means we lay down our bodies, our mortal bodies, but we leave the pain, we leave the sorrow, we leave the suffering. And then we enter a land of peace, love, joy, happiness like we have never known in the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that. You know, these ladies come and they're looking and they're wanting the Lord to help them. And as Jesus closes off talking to them, last part of verse 26, Believest thou this? And she says, Yea, Lord, I believe. Jesus is encouraging them. The Lord has always been able to walk into our hopeless situation, into everybody's hopeless situation. The Lord is able to walk in and give us hope. 
and encourage. I'll be honest, as a pastor, I've been called to homes where tragic things have happened or uh, you know, unfolding things that aren't good. And uh, I walk in and sometimes like, Lord, help me say the right thing. I want to be a blessing. I want to be an encouragement to these people. I want to bring hope. Now, the Lord walks in everybody's situation, no matter where you are, and He can bring hope. He can bring hope. His promises encompass all our life, all parts of our life, and He gives us hope. The promise about salvation. And they, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's a promise. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It wasn't just for the jailer and his family. That's for everybody in this world. Promise about trouble. Uh, as believers, cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. The Lord cares about you today. He cares about maybe the anxiety you face. He cares about the struggles that you have at work. He cares about uh, maybe a financial burden. He cares. That's a promise. He cares. Promises about loneliness. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I, I've been doing lots of study about counseling and things, and I've been, uh, always been interested in that kind of uh, ministry, and, and I've been gathering information. And since March till now, in the age bracket of 19 to 29, 40% of all people, doesn't, I'm not talking about Christians, I'm talking about Christians and lost, say that 40% in that age group are suffering from what's taking place in our world. That's astounding. They said before the things that took place, the pandemic, they were doing okay. But 40% said, I'm, I'm negatively affected. Uh, I'm having problems. A lot of it is loneliness. They're by themselves. Sometimes for the first time. And, and listen, the Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He cares. He cares about the, the little boy uh, at school, who's having trouble. He cares about that middle-aged person who's searching for uh, direction for life. Maybe made some bad decisions, but they're looking for help. The Lord cares. He doesn't leave you. There's promises about peace. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When you bring those things on your heart to the Lord and you make requests, the Lord does bring peace. He does bring uh, security in your heart to know I listen, I care. It might not be answered at that moment, but He cares. The promise about our needs, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, I, I know we live in a fantastically wealthy country. Uh, through a pandemic, have had lots of food, I've eaten too much food in a pandemic. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for. And God meets our needs. I haven't gone without. Some, sometimes my kids are like, yeah, you can go without, Dad. You've got enough food on your plate, that type of thing. But the reality is God takes care of our needs. And there's all kinds, there's hundreds of promises from God. Everything God has promised, God can do. You've met people who promise you everything, right? And that is they're promising, your eyes are almost rolling in your head like, yeah, you can't do that. Don't, don't make promises you can't keep. Don't do that. And you're thinking in your own mind, listen, every promise in the Word of God, God can and will keep. 
He's not able to not keep them. It's a guarantee. So the question is today, do you know Him? If you are saved by His grace, that you've been convicted of your sin, you've turned to Jesus Christ, you turn from whatever you were believing in before and place your faith and trust in Him, that He died for your sins, He rose again, you are saved. It's a promise of God. You're saved. You're eternally His. If you have not done that, then I have a promise for you. All that the Father give me shall come unto me, and to him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. The promise is, if you don't know Christ as Savior, come today and he will take you. He will turn no one away. He will cast no one out. We see some incredible power. Verse number 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So Jesus enters this scene of hopeless sorrow. He didn't just come with soothing words. He, in, he came to demonstrate, I have eternal power. And it was manifested with his compassion. After talking with the sisters, uh, Jesus is moved bef- by the scene that's before him. Uh, the, the sisters are weeping, and the culture over there in the Middle East is a little bit different than here. The open weeping, and they did uh, mention about others who are weeping there as well, and they would actually, a lot of time in that culture, hire mourners. So there's wailing, there's crying, uh, it's devastation, they're shattered. that's That's a very hard scene to be want to be involved with and a hard scene to comprehend of how hard it must have been and jesus is touched in verse uh, 33 he's touched uh he groaned in his spirit and was troubled you know and, and we get the verse a little bit later on uh, i remember going to camp as a kid and they like if you tell us a bible verse you get points you know which one we all recited right jesus wept uh, that was easy points, right? Uh, that's the shortest verse in the Bible. But that's, that's how he got here from that groaning. He was troubled. He wept. The idea of trouble means to be agitated. He was deeply shaken by the grief of the sisters and the death of Lazarus. And to weep means he shed tears. Jesus knew what was going to be, but there will be a time of rejoicing. There's no doubt. But he was touched by the grief and the pain of all that around him, uh, family, friends. And there's a great point for us here, and that is Jesus cares. Jesus cares. He certainly cares about each and every one of us. He's not some mystical force or a unemotional, like emotionless deity who just floats around out there. He he was moved by the plight and the pain of these people, and he's He cried, he wept, he was touched, he was present, he feels the pain of those he loves. And it wasn't just for Martha and Mary. Hebrews chapter 4 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our firmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And we already looked at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that he cares. He cares. He loves us. 
He enters into this hopeless situation with a heart of compassion, of love. He understands what you're going through today. In the sense that he's, he's, not, he's not so far away that he doesn't understand. He understands. He knows. And he can enter in and help you today. Sitting in the pew or watching online. He can help. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather the glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. His grace is sufficient. Now, <clears throat> we need to be careful to think that, well, I'll just bring it once to God and it's all good. No, sometimes it is a continuous Day in, day out, week after week, month after month. I'm, I'm sounding really encouraging right now, ain't I? You know, the reality is we need to bring it to the Lord. And over time, He'll help us get through it. Uh, sometimes a very serious matter, uh, losing a, lo- a loved one. Uh, other times, maybe you lost your job, the job you really loved, and you lost it, whatever for reason. You know, listen, the Lord helps us get on, go forward. There's going to be times when it's definitely harder. I understand. But He's there. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His strength. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He cares. You don't... You can't carry that burden by yourself anyway. He'll just wear you down. You can give it to the Lord, and He'll help you down the path. Remember the, the, the poem about the uh, walking in the sand and sometimes there was only one set of footprints? I know I'm really butchering this poem right now, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. And the guy looks back and says, well, you weren't there. And he's like, no, I, the Lord says, I was lifting you. I was carrying you. There's times like that in our lives. And we need to look to the Lord because He has the strength. We need to look to the Lord all the time. Even when our life is fantastic, our marriage is wonderful, our job is fantastic, uh, I mean, everything is taken care of, we still need the Lord's strength. We still need it. While He was here in this world, the Lord Jesus, it wasn't about Him. When the Lord was here ministering, it was not about Him. He did everything to point to the Father. That was the purpose. Look to the Father. And John 5, 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can be nothing of himself, but he that seeth the Father do. Uh, for what things soever he doeth, these also doth the Son likewise. The idea is that the Son is doing the work of the Father. The Son is pointing to the Father. The Son says, look to God. And at this point, Jesus does the same thing. He speaks out loud. Uh, to and you know he's, he's talking to them and letting them know and he prays uh, to the Lord uh, to his Father uh, and things of that nature and the reality is that Jesus' prayer gives us hope. Uh, he brings his heart's desires, his burdens to his Father. We should do the same thing too. Amen. We need to bring those problems of our heart to Him. We need that divine connection. It gives us hope. It encourages us down the pathway. It, it, it indication of we are not alone. We're not alone. I, I've, I've seen so many television shows or reports. Are we alone in the universe? 
you know, the spooky music's going, or someone's trying to prove some radio waves that there's someone else out there. Oh, there's a God out there, folks. He's all around us. He, he's created everything. He's, he, we're not alone. We're not wandering around aimlessly. Uh, the Lord has a plan, and we're not alone, and we are in the Father's hand. In John chapter 10, we looked at that a couple weeks ago. He has a plan for our lives, as uh, Brother Glenn sang. When did you record that song, Brother Glenn? That was back in like July or sometime like that, I think, maybe June. Yeah, it was, it was months ago, uh, but it worked perfectly. Isn't this amazing how God does that? He takes a song that, who knew when we were going to put it in play as such, and, hey, listen, God has a plan and He's with us every step of the way. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. And He delights in His way. The Lord has an order. He has a plan. And, and that divine connection reminds us that God is in control of our life even when we have a hopeless day or a hopeless week or a hopeless month or maybe even years we feel hopeless. The Lord has hope for us. And we need to look to Him. Now, Jesus commands the stone to be rolled away. And uh, He... Uh, Jesus, take ye away the stone, verse 39, and Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, Say I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And in the latter part of verse 41, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! I don't know if that's how loud he spoke. But when I, I, when I read the Bible, I like to think of it when he says, especially when he says he spoke loudly. I mean, come on, let's read it like he spoke loudly. All right? And he says, come forth! And he, he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound uh, 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 about with a napkin. And Jesus said, let, Loose him and let him go. I mean, before he came forth, I mean, just, just think about it. A stone rolled away, and I'm, I'm just I'm trying to be an observer. I'm, I'm here mourning Lazarus' death, okay? And I see Jesus talking to Mary and Martha. Maybe I'll overhear some things. He says, move the stone. And I probably looked at my friends like, what are they doing? And then they move the stone, and then Jesus stands in that, you know, in the entryway or just a little bit past or before it and says, Lazarus, come forth. I look at my friends, what is he doing? What? And then all of a sudden you hear noise coming from that tune. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I mean, he didn't come running out of there, right? Because he's, he's all wrapped up. Uh, how does a dead man listen to this man? How does a dead man come to life? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, and He has the power. What a marvelous, mind-blowing scene. Don't you think that made the headlines of the local paper? I mean, this was amazing. They had not seen this before. One simple phrase from Jesus... He comes forth. That was the same power that brought creation into being. 
Uh, I enjoy so much the scenery of Muskoka, the hills, the water, and, and things of that nature, and the beautiful trees, the wildlife. Hey, that, he spoke that into existence, he, and he spoke, and a man came to life because he spoke life into man. He's all-powerful. It's a picture of our sovereign Lord. I remember when we uh, set off to go start a church in Newfoundland on our prayer card in Luke one thirty-seven, we had written on our prayer, God, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Now unto him that is able to exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Ephesians 3.20. Our God can do the impossible. He specializes in it. If he can speak the world into existence, if he can speak, and the, the stormy waves are calm, he conquered sin on a borrowed cross and was buried in a borrowed tomb and then came to life and gives life to all. He did those things. It's not a matter of if. He did those things. Don't you think he can help you with your hopeless cause? Case? Whatever word you want to use? Oh, he certainly can. Jesus can still walk into your life today and give you hope for that hopeless situation. He can walk into your life and you'll let him. I mean, if you push him out the door, he's not going to barge in. But why would you want to push the Lord out of your life anyway? Why would you want to do that? This morning I asked you, where are you? Are you in one of those hopeless situations in your life? Or maybe you know someone in a hopeless situation. Well, you can pray for them too, you know. You can be an encouragement to them. Where do you find yourself this morning? With every head bowed, Michelle's going to come and play in just a moment. I don't know where you are at this morning. For those present here with us in church and those who are watching online, I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe, maybe some of you are facing some physical illness, problems, and get you filled with fear. Maybe you know you're lost. You, don't, you have not accepted Christ as Savior and you're fearing the future. Not just here in this life, but what's to come. Maybe in your family, your husband's not saved, your wife's not saved, your, maybe some of your children are not, and you fear for their salvation. Maybe you have a financial situation that's crashing down on you. Maybe you experience the pain of betrayal. Maybe you're brokenhearted over other issues of life. There really is all kinds of possibilities to be in a hopeless situation. But I'm so thankful that we have a Lord who cares and He can handle each one. And I would encourage you to bring it to Him. Bring it to Him now. Bring that problem, bring that burden, bring that person and say, Lord, help me. I need your hope. I need you to encourage my heart. My life today, the Lord cares. Dear Jesus, 
If we are going to be honest with ourselves, we have faced situations or are facing situations that we deem hopeless. And Lord, help us to look to you. You care. You were touched by the grief of two sisters. Lord, you care about us just like you care about those sisters. Lord, help us to look to you. Help us to have that walk with you even in our hopeless situations that would bring honor and glory to you. You have a plan and you're working it out. Lord, I pray for any that might not know you as Savior who are present or who are watching, Lord, that they will look to you, understand that they need you. Their system of belief without you is heading to a path of destruction. Help them to turn to you and trust you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for this day. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.